Hello and namaste guys. I am Dr. Anushruti and I am back with an exciting episode. Flexibility and movement. Yes, I know these are the two terms which everyone wants to know and wants to get into. But they do not know the basics of it. So, to make these core terms easier for you, I have Greg Stone who is a physical therapist and helps people become stronger flexible even if they have pain for many years. He is joining us live directly from Canada. Hello, Greg. How are you? Thanks for having me on today. Thank you. Well, my first and foremost question is about physical therapy. What do you think people have in mind in common about physical therapy? Like what is that one thought which comes to them when they hear this word physiotherapy, physical therapy, and what are one of the biggest myths that you would like to burst right here? Yeah, so I think that when people hear the word physical therapy or physiotherapy up in Canada, they immediately associate with the idea that they are going to be fixed by the physio while they lie passively on a table with the expectation that all of a sudden magic will take place and my hands are supposed to solve their problems. However, unfortunately, the reality is in order to actually change movement behaviors, we need to actually teach people to move in new ways by having them take personal ownership of their problem. So what I often do, you know, basically a session with me, as you could see in this big open movement space, this is what physio is about. Physical therapy is meant to be physical, not passive therapy, where you lie like a limp fish on a table and you're basically receiving treatment. You need to take an active ownership in the process. I believe it is the same in everywhere, like be it Canada, India, China, I have seen and encountered a lot of people having the same perception about physical therapy. Like in he here in India, people often consider it as massage therapist. Like we'll be going to the physical therapist and he'll be massaging us everywhere. And this is how, you know, my pain is going to go. And one of the biggest myth is also that only one sitting it takes for a physical therapist to change your movement, change your flexibility, change your pain and everything. Well, moving on, what actually is flexibility? Also, Greg, what is the most significant influence on flexibility? I think it, this is a very nuanced topic to discuss, but the, the way that flexibility is achieved is through safety of your nervous system. Meaning if you're just lying passively again with this expectation of just doing static stretching, hoping your muscles are gonna um, release themselves, that's just not the reality of how it works. What we need to do is actually learn to do things more in standing postures where we learn to bend over with our body over our foot. So oftentimes, again, it, it might be, is this a, a video recording as well to people? If I sh show a demonstration, would that work or is it more in an audio way? It, it is a video recording as well. So essentially when people touch their toes, they, I'll, I'll adjust the camera here very quickly just to kind of show you, you know, people touch their toes and they lock their knees out and they can't go very far. Well, what happens is their body is not stacked on top of a foot. The moment I get my whole body over a foot and I bend down, I'll be able to access my range of motion a lot better. But we oftentimes, when I talk about this idea of center of mass, that just means where is your body in space? Is your head over your heart, over your hips? 
are the parts aligned? Because the reality is oftentimes people are shifted out of alignment where their ribs are behind their body in a sway back posture, for example. So flexibility is hard to achieve if we're just tugging at our muscles rather than taking them to their full range of motion in positions that are significant to us in our lives, for example, in walking. Um, so we want to work on things in, in a unilateral fashion, meaning that we're doing things one leg at a time and learning to load our body in a stacked fashion. So, um, you know, it's obviously, it depends on the person and the individual in front of you, but flexibility, I need people to understand that it's not just pure static stretching because oftentimes muscles don't release until they feel strong and the nervous system feels safe going into these positions. Very well demonstrated, Greg. Moving on, I am going to speak a statement that is, Flexibility depends on gender. So is it a myth or a fact? Does flexibility actually dependent on gender? Is it more for female or less for male or more for male or less for female? Other genders, like, is it a myth or a fact? Well, I think that there's, there's general predispositions for females to access more flexibility. It also depends on your exposure, physical activity during your life. So if someone has been active their whole life, they're usually going to maintain their flexibility. Um, so it really depends on the exposure, I think, to what physical activities they've done. Um, yes, you do see more women, perhaps, that can get down more flexible. But, you know, just because one is flexible, that's not necessarily the goal we're always trying to achieve because too much flexibility without enough strength in the control of those positions obviously can lead to injuries as well. So I don't think necessarily that we're always just achieving flexibility without strength. The two kind of are married hand in hand and we wanna focus on both. Um, but yeah, women can tend to be a bit more flexible. Um, so I guess that's the response to the question. <laughs> okay. Now, since we are talking a lot about physical therapy, we both are physical therapists. So what do you think physical therapy is all about body being physical? What are Greg's view on exploring the body? How much is it important for people, for our patients to explore their own body? Because we have seen a lot of them, you know, struggling with their own body, their own thoughts and subjudice, you know, perceptions about it. So how much is it important for them to explore their body, enjoy their body, know about their body. hundred percent. Like I always say, my job is to give someone permission to explore their body because people have these preconceived notions about what good posture is or what movements they've heard are not good, maybe from their doctor or from another friend. We, we, we kind of put these barriers or these misconceptions on what we can and can't do. And my job is to help evaluate someone, look at their body and say, okay, where are they not moving into? And like, let me shine a light on that dark space in their nervous system where they don't go into. And all of a sudden they develop more confidence. So I think physical therapy is a progressive overloaded plan where I want to take someone and help them develop more confidence in their own body by helping them develop like skills, like being able to bend via the hips, bend via the knee, move side to side, rotate. Too much in, in gym environments, we focus on up and down, forward and backwards, but the reality of our life when we walk and we run, it's all about rotation, getting the body to move in three dimensions and exploring, like you said. So certainly um, giving people confidence and exploration is, is the number one thing for me. This is the beauty of physical therapy. Well, our body is made to move. 
what do you think how does movement affect one's body and what are the three ways in which one can improve their body movement actually after the onset of coronavirus we have seen the motion the movement the mobility has decreased thanks to work from home or other circumstances what are your take on it yeah so i for sure like motion is lotion and i had a lot of clients that came to me just saying that covid did some did wonders for them but i'd say the majority of people they just got they stopped leaving their home. So just the, the simple act of walking every day can do a huge amount of good for someone because they, they're just, they're going through that moment, but uh, the movement, but I would say, let's say the three things that are really having the biggest impact on people. You know, I've been to India in 2014. I saw 80 year olds doing deep squats and just being able to hang there in the Western world. Most people have lost the ability to go down into a deep squat, like, you know, the astagrass type of squat, because our hips and, and knees are always at the same level when we're sitting in a chair. So I would say that spending more time on the floor is free mobility, because what happens when you sit on the floor is that you're uncomfortable just for a moment, so you switch positions. But when we're in these fancy $500 chairs, we end up staying in the same position because there's no cue because we're so comfortable, but comfort is not necessarily always the best thing because then we're in static positions for too long. So it's the idea of like your best position is your next position. So that would be the chairs. And then the other thing that I'm, I'm very passionate about is footwear because most people are wearing footwear that we think is supposed to be supportive and rigid and cushioned. But the reality is I could, I could kind of find a model for you. Give me one little second. We have over here a classic shoe that most people think is good, which is an ASICS, right? And it's very stiff and supportive. Most people would think that's a great thing. However, what I would argue is our feet have all the proper technology they need on their own. We have 26 bones in each foot, 33 joints. They're super complicated structures that are designed to support themselves. For hundreds of thousands of years, we've literally relied on our own feet. And shoes have just meant to be protection for our feet. So a, a shoe like this that has a wider toe box that doesn't compress the toes like something like this, which is a lot more narrow. It's very thin so we could perceive the ground and actually feel the ground so our brain understands what's beneath us. Oftentimes, especially in North America, you see the older we get, the more cushioned our footwear is. And so that's dissociating yourself from the ground. You wouldn't want to stand on a pillow if you'd want to feel more stable. But oftentimes in these advertisements, they say, it feels like I'm walking on a cloud. We actually don't want to feel that way. So this idea of feeling like I'm walking on a cloud is certainly not what we're after here. Finally, we actually want something that's completely flexible and that can move and is flat. This is actually not flat. It's higher up the heel than the toe. So when we have something that's nice and flexible and flat, we have complete ability to use our own feet. The idea of natural footwear rather than normal footwear. Normal might be what everyone's doing, but it's not what's best for us. So if we kick off our shoes and we go barefoot more often or in shoes that let our feet function like feet, and walk more and get out of chairs, that would alone do so much for most of the population. Okay. Uh, you know, range of motion, 
everyone, especially the audience who are listening and watching this video audio on various platforms, I know that they believe that their range of motion would be affected only after having an injury. Their movement would be affected only after having an injury. Do you think is this the right thing that movement can be affected only and only if you have injured yourself, injured your uh, specific body part? No, certainly not. Again, it comes back to this idea of what's normal lifestyles versus natural. We go back hundreds of thousands of years ago into what our human beings were doing. We were sitting on the floor, we were squatting around a fire, we were running, we were moving, and we were exploring our bodies. And now again, depending on you know where you're listening to this in the world, what do you do on a daily basis? Do you take your body through its full possibility? Do you hang overhead or are you always texting? Are your feet in squishy, you know, in, in footwear that compresses your toes? So this idea that if you're very active and you're in exploring, like children play and the idea of playing more is the key. So I would definitely say that um, no matter if you're in pain or not, you know, there's always room to optimize. And I think that's, our, our duty is to is to really, you know, take ownership of our bodies. Take ownership of our bodies. Great line. Well, last but not the least, Greg, I have a lot of physical therapists, you know, in my audience, especially the aspiring physical therapists. For them, this time is the hardest time of their life. Studying, practicing, clinical experience, internships, what will be your token of appreciation, motivation, and words of wisdom for them? So I, I think, you know, obviously you want to soak up everything you can from the mentors that you have direct access to, but I would really encourage you not to just focus on what's directly in front of you. You need to explore what else is out there. Like during, in all honesty, I didn't love my own physical therapy degree because I think that it basically taught me to be a manual therapist. And I had a lot of problems in my own body. I dealt with chronic pain for years and years and years, and I was in orthotics and stuck. And now from all the continuing education I've done and the exploration I've done on my own body, that would be the huge thing. You can only teach if you apply to yourself. And so when you apply on your own self, that's how you're going to be able to help patients in front of you. You can't live in a textbook when you have someone in front of you. So, um, you know, reaching out to different mentors, there's so much like online mentorship. I, I provide mentorship to, to many people across the world. And I think that um, exploring different dif disciplines and modalities is going to be what's key is, is having multiple tools in a toolbox, but also creating a clear system. You don't want to have too many tools without having, a, a clear system in mind. So I think that's uh, very important, but not to get too bogged in the details of, of just minutia and muscles. It's, it's about patterns of movement rather than the next sexy, uh, you know, needling therapy or what else, whatever else is out there. I believe, you know, this is one of the most different tips and words of wisdom they would have heard on this podcast. Like, for making people healthy, it is important for you to be healthy first and adapt everything that you want to teach them. Well, with this, we have come to an end of the episode. And thank you so much, Greg, for taking out time. I believe you enjoyed your time over here talking to my audience. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And if any one of your audience wants to reach out, they can follow me on Instagram or anything. It's at, at groundupphysio.com. 
so are, are at Ground Up Physio, and I have a, a website and a program that actually, if they're looking to move better, I have a program that takes them through the way that I've learned from my mentors. I package together a very easy to follow program that helps people relieve their stiffness from the, all the sorts of modern lifestyle by teaching people about their rib cage, their pelvis, and, and feet. And I think those are the pillars of the body. So I encourage anyone who's listening to reach out if they have any questions. Absolutely. So guys, this is your reminder to straighten your back, have a glass of water and move. Yes, move, have a walk to your kitchen and have a glass of water. Well, thank you so much for listening to this. Watching this video, we'll meet in the next episode very soon. Till then, take care. Goodbye.